Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Rise and shine, sports investors. It is another beautiful day in the neighborhood. It's Tuesday, May 26th. Let's cock-a-doodle-do it right here on the early line, giving you the edge on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. He's Kevin Walsh. And if you don't know, now you know. What we do is go around the world of sports, keeping you abreast of all the news and notes. We dive in and try to find ways to make you money. Kevin, we're like past Memorial Day weekend now. The, the, the summer has unofficially started. Women are allowed to wear white, apparently. How Ooh. are you feeling now that we're kind of uh, cruising on into summer? And, you know, we'll touch on it, but it seems like, again, we're uh, on the road, long road back. Yeah, we're, uh, we're getting there. Uh, you know, certainly right now, the main topic of conversation seems to be these athletes. So I myself am trying to figure out how I can fit that description. Uh, you know, I'm doing, yeah, my right. step, doing my steps every day, making sure 10, we, uh, steps, brother. yeah, yeah, yeah. 10,000 is the, the market. I had, I had a big day the other day. I got up to like 15. I was like, oh, really? not bad. yeah, All the right. funny thing is though, ever since I started doing my steps, I guess my, you know, like my dad just wants to always make sure that like, I know that he's still, so the other day he's like, Hey, just so you know, kid, 19,000 steps. I'm just yeah, like, I like that. I like you know what I mean? But he's letting me know still kind of who runs this thing. I'm like, yeah, I completely off. appreciate that. You know, he's got to keep you in check and let you know for real where it all comes from. <laughs> I like that. I'll tell you for real. Um, here's the thing, Kevin. You know how for weeks now, bro, I mean, you're probably pissed off and tired of hearing me say it, right? But the idea that when we come back, it has to be a collaborative effort. Yeah. I talk about things like the front offices and the owners and the players, and the networks. You've brought that point. I also always talk about local, state, federal governments have to be part of it as well. And I think recently, Kev, we have seen um, a lot of hurdles cleared in terms of the government aspect, okay? I want to bounce two things off of you. One is that over the weekend, Governor Cuomo in New York has said, listen, New York is ready to open up team facilities now so these athletes can start to get back, start to practice, start to work out. And I think this was huge, right? Because remember, Kevin, when it was like the NBA can open their facilities or teams can go back to the facilities, everyone was like, wait a second, this is not going to be consistent. Right. I remember Mike Tomlin talking about how camps or facilities should open simultaneously for the competitive advantage. And you got to think that New York, California, were going to be states that were on the back end of opening. But here we have Governor Cuomo saying, starting now, all right, teams can start to work out. Whether you're the Buffalo Bills or you're NYCFC, you are able to start. And I think this is a huge piece of information, especially in, you know, the epicenter for the virus on the planet has mm -hmm. been New York State. And if even they are starting to open, I think it's a positive sign overall, right? Yeah, it's, it's hard for it not to be. I mean, when we're, you know, we're located here in New York and watching Cuomo, you know, pretty much daily uh, kind of give his updates. I think right. the one thing, because, you know, I know everybody wants political whatever nonsense. I mean, you have the guy has been very, very obviously serious about this. Very, very much so not making rash decisions, talking about waiting it until these things are ready, right? Opening things mm -hmm. up in phases and. You know, there has been a very patient approach. I mean, I remember, you know, when this first started, if I'm not mistaken, Dane, uh, you know, there was this idea that the Garden and the Barclays would never be opened again for like a full calendar year. Like right. they wouldn't. And there were talks about turning those buildings into facilities, into hospitals. Right. You know, if you think about it, they did with Central Park on some level. But there was a while there, especially here in New York, where we had no idea how this thing was going to go down. And I think that shows that there's certainly been steps made in the right direction. I think it shows, right, that that was a decision being made all based on good news. And that's how I'm choosing to take it, that it is that it is certainly going to be to be based on good news. Because as you mentioned, like you can't, you know, hey, listen, 28 or 30 are ready to go. But the Knicks and the Nets aren't. Should we just leave them home? Like you can't do that for so many reasons 
one of them just being optically, you're basically saying, ah, too bad, you're in the epicenter of COVID. Another being like, you can't just not bring one of the teams, especially being in the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just the New York side of it. But Kevin, there's other good news, okay, at a national federal level. Check this out. The Secretary of Homeland Security for the United States, Chad Wolf, came out over the weekend also and had kind of a... um. A declaration, an order, let's say, okay? And remember, I guess the biggest part I remember this was, you know, UFC 249, Khabib. You know how Khabib was stuck in Russia? You know how we've talked about, um, you know, our president talks about things like banning travel from China, from Europe, from other countries. Well, guess what? There's athletes that play on American pro sports teams that are now, in essence, you know, stuck in mm -hmm. other countries but not anymore in what I think is a huge hurdle to be cleared to get, you know, kind of competitive balance back in sports in our country. Check out what the um, uh, director of Homeland Security, Wolf, had to say. And this is part of um, kind of the release that came out. And this, I think, is the heart of the issue, Kevin. And I quote, Professional sporting events provide powerful first and second order benefits to the national economy, even if attendance is curtailed due to advertising, broadcasting revenue, hospitality, food service, commercial cleaning needs. In addition, the sports organizations that manage professional leagues are situated to do so in a controlled manner as they act as a single point of contact to manage player movement, scheduling of events, take other measures to ensure safe, safety, health, Blah, 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 okay? Then, based on the benefit of live sporting events to pro provide to the national economy, the need for these sporting events to have full access to their athlete support staff and league leadership, I hereby determine that it is in the national interest to accept, you know, then athletes from these other, you know, 9984.3 or whatever other rules and regulations that are out there. What I find it interesting Kevin, there is no there is no mention of like society returning to normal, right? It's all about the national the the economic interests of this country, which I find is interesting that that's what what they're officially like uh, you know leading with. And though if you look a little bit more, it also says the idea that you know this is uh, important for our country. But they're leading with the economic benefits. But looks like we're open up for business. So like Khabib and others, come on in. This is where this this does tear me. There are there are positives, but like the idea that they just canceled like the Euro League, right? Over like mm -hmm. the, like what is what does that say, right? Like we've seen, you know, the Bundesliga come back, but it is the lone league that is back. Where the Premier right. League is, I think, still having some athletes test positive. La Liga in June, maybe. Right. I think you know. So I think the idea that it's just like open doors and it's being labeled as a great economic decision is, I guess, at the minimum, honest, right? I mean, that's really what a lot of this is boiling down to. And I think it is fair to acknowledge the economic benefits that do come with this uh, decision. I guess there's also something to be said about the idea of being able to bring entertainment back, but what is feasible, right? Like, yeah. they can't bring back Broadway, I feel like, right. because you go to a live Broadway show, like you don't watch it on mm -hmm. the screen. Like there, you know, there's something to be said mm -hmm. about. You know, Although I will say, I don't know if you know this, uh, mm -hmm. I am uh, friends with Lin Manuel Miranda of In the Heights and Hamilton fame, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, they have decided. Lin has decided to put out Hamilton on like Hulu or 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 ESPN, Disney Plus, or whatever yeah. it is streaming because people can't get to it. That's just the room where it happens, I guess. I'm not so sure. But uh, keep going. You're right. You can't go to Broadway, the idea of the event, right? And right. going there um, in a way that sports can still kind of be put on uh, yeah. without fans. I think that's the thing. I think the fan, I think sports still holds not the entirety of its entertainment value without fans, but still a lot of it to where, especially the fans that are wanting to see their sports come back it, it will be something that is very very well received and i think it is i think people see it, it's very very difficult dan because there's a lot of people who go sports are insignificant and i understand grand scheme 
where you're coming from, even though we've seen how, like, not some the worker spots, in the middle of the spectrum who's, you know, making sausages for everybody and now doesn't have their $14, $15 an hour job. Right. Well, like that, like, that's the thing, right? Like, not like sports are one significant right to the war, people who work there. But we've also seen the impacts that it can have on like single economies, whether the sports team is good or bad. But there's just also a lot of people, man, that are really struggling through these times. And it might sound silly that their happiness or mood can depend on whether they get to watch a Yankees baseball game. But that's real. That's very real. And I think there's something to be said about that. Do I have my worries that we're moving too fast, that we're trying to just be like, ah, it's done, and maybe it isn't? Yeah, of course I have my worries. But I'm also trying to remain as optimistic as possible. And I think that people also, I, I hope, are understanding that the importance of sport is not something that I'm trying to, like, justify or be like, oh, since I talk about sports, sports is the most important thing. It's very obvious. I think it's become very obvious during these times how important it actually is, especially to our society. Yeah, absolutely. Not only the economic, as was led here by Homeland Security, but like we said, the emotional, right? And especially in these times, I do think it is a critical thing. People long for consistency, their routine, and just having a baseball game on in the background could be a big help to people right now. Absolutely. You know, Kevin, we're going to talk about Bundesliga, right? What happened over the weekend in match day? We got a big uh, four games to profile out there in Germany. I did want to make this other point real quick. You know, I was watching some of the Bundesliga games over the weekend, Kevin. I don't know if you saw this, but in Dusseldorf and Köln, which, was, by the way, Dusseldorf got out to like 2 nothing, and then mm -hmm. Köln scored two goals, like towards the mm -hmm. end to tie it. But you know what I noticed? And you know what social media noticed about that game, Kev? There were no fans in the stands, right? But they were pumping in crowd noise. I don't know if you saw this, Kevin, but I was watching some of it. And it was funny. Like, my wife texted me. She was watching the game. Literally, I think we were recording a show, to be quite honest. And my wife texted me. They're pumping in crowd noise. It sounds weird. And I, then I watched some of it. They certainly were. Twitter was ablaze with it as well. I'm going to ask you a few questions about this, and I only we got a minute, so we're going to also talk more about this on the other side of the break as we go into the big slate of matches for Bundesliga starting today and into tonight. But I got to ask you, what do you think about that idea? I mean, we've had robot fans, sex doll fans, mm -hmm. and all this stuff. What do you think about them pumping in crowd noise? Yeah, it's one of those things, like, Colin Dusseldorf doesn't grab your full attention, right? right? <laughs> like, you're doing something while you're doing something, but I'm watching the game with my brother, and he goes, are they are they yeah. lights? And I'm like, yeah, I guess I guess they are. He's like, well, have they been doing that for every game? I go, I, I'm not sure. I don't know. But it was one of those things. I was like, yeah, I guess it's cool. Like I'm not a, I'm not against it. Now you can't have like an unfair home field thing. Like I bet everyone. Why should not? They maybe they only pump in the noise when the other team's taking a corner. No, I mean, but like everybody should then hopefully be pumping in noise. I'm saying, right. like, it should only be calm. But other than that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. All right, we'll dig into it a little bit more, and we look at Bundesliga later on today when we come back. It's SportsGrid.com: betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips, 24/7, as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering: real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line on Sports Grid. Dane and Kevin, like usual, touring the world of sports and finding out how to make some money off of it. Kevin, I was very intrigued. You know, you got me getting into Bundesliga a little bit. It was on in the background. I was like, wait a second. There's crowd noise in here. And I got to ask you, you know, I, I, I truly thought I was going to give you an opportunity to bring up your favorite organization because what I've seen is in, you know, some other sports that have been going on, they're doing creative things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, for example, I know in wrestling, they have the other wrestlers um, as part of the crowd, yeah. right? Uh, we talked about kind of, you know, robots and mannequins in the stands. This is... Um, a different, a different animal, right? Pumping in the crowd noise. You know, we have music in NBA arenas in every possession, you know? So, I mean, it's not uh, a precedent necessarily, but I thought it was uh, somewhat creative as opposed to playing in a completely empty building. Yeah, I think you always kind of want that, that kind of noise that can justify what you're feeling through the match, the anticipation, the, the build, the buzz. And I remember from the first week of Bundesliga games, I don't remember if I had said it, 
here on air during one of our commercial breaks, but we were talking about the uh, Wolfsburg-Ausberg game, mm. which was decided in the 90th minute by a late winner from Wolfsburg. And you can hear the Wolfsburg bench go crazy. Oh, okay. Like, oh, my God, I made Like, you know, and, like, because, of course, like, they just they just got three points on a 90th minute winner. Like, that's such a massive uh, thing. And that, to me, was kind of like a bit of a, like, moment, I guess, if you will, where it was like, like, Wolfsburg, Augsburg, man. Like, you know, like, who cares? But it was like me. I do. And they do. I don't know. It was just it was just one of those things. So, and that's kind of one of the things. Like, I've seen a lot of people kind of make their comments, Dane, of like, Ah, uh, you know what? Some uh, some of this fan stuff ain't that bad. A lot of fans are jerks, and like, mm. look, in spots, I hear you, right? Like in the UFC, sometimes like a thing will be a split decision, but like you get it, and the crowd starts booing. It's like right, booing this, that, whatever. Like there'll be a doctor stoppage that makes all the sense in the world, and the crowd will be booing. Right, I, I get it. That like that's annoying, but like you also can't replicate what a crowd would have been like during Gaethje Ferguson. Like, sure. and those are the things that, like, to me, all, always outweigh the distance. Like, if we're really going to even just mention the wrestling thing, like, you know, the Double or Nothing show that had just passed. Like, even, even the um, matches that were incredible to watch and you're just enjoying them, a part of you goes, man, imagine if this was in front of a crowd. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I'm reminded of, quite frankly, when you mentioned the UFC, right? And we talked about, oh, being able to hear... Uh, Cormier on commentary. And you talked about maybe the impact on judges, right? Because if I land a big, you know, question mark kick on you, the crowd is, ooh, ah, right? And does that impact the judges' perception of who's dominating the fight or carrying the action or landing the bigger shots? I got to tell you, and this may be something of a tangent, but there's a show on Netflix that I'm starting to watch. It's called 100 Humans, okay? And what they do, it's literally 100 humans, uh, all different, you know, ages, genders, uh, political affiliations, you know, diverse backgrounds. And these three behavioral scientists are kind of like running them through all sorts of stuff uh, to kind of learn about the human psyche. And I saw one that was interesting. They took half of the group in a room and half the group in another room. Yeah. They showed these groups the same uh, clips, uh, like a minute or two long, of people having like non-deadly accidents in life. Stuff you'd see on like America's Funniest Home Videos, stuff that looks like really dangerous, like dudes flipping off a motorcycle and having an accident, right? Oh. Blah, blah, blah. One of the groups, they just showed them the clips. The mm -hmm. other group, they show them the clips with a laugh track from a sitcom also playing behind it, right? Mm. The people who heard the laugh track thought these things were funny. I mean, it's accidents like trees falling down on people. People like having motorcycle accidents where they flip off and stuff, you know? The people who heard it with the laugh track yeah. think it's hysterical. Start laughing, you know, at the end when the scientists ask, they're like, oh, yeah, that was funny. The ones who saw it without the laugh track, you see them like, oh, my God, like, you know, scared and fearful. And so it made me think about the impact, right, that adding the audio could have to your perception. And whether that's the player or whether it's like in UFC judges, I mm -hmm. do think it is an interesting thing to think about the ripple effect, right? Yeah. The the implicit impacts of, say, the fans or of, say, the home court advantage or the sleeping in your own bed, some of the things we talk about when handicapping games. So I digress. We were talking about Bundesliga and Köln Dusseldorf. That was last weekend. We've got a huge match day coming up uh, today, uh, mm. later today. And tonight, right in the afternoon, and it is headlined by number one versus number two in yeah. the Bundesliga, Kevin. I'm talking about Bayern Munich taking on Dortmund. Now, so far, since these teams have come back, both of them have gotten two wins. Dortmund, very impressive, 4 nothing in their first one. Bayern got like five goals um, last over the weekend. So talk to me. I know these are two huge kind of sides, rivals on some level. Uh, what are you looking at? Are you picking a side? Are you picking goals to be scored? How are you looking at this one, Kev? So we've got four points separating these teams who are uh, Bayern in first and Dortmund in second. And this is a game that has really, really made me stop and think. Now, one of the things that um, I told you from the first match day was how road favorites had gone unbeaten. Right. And we came back around match day two. I know it's like 20-something. But just, you know, match day two, uh, it was two and one 
with the one team that didn't get the win, it was a draw. It was actually Hoffenheim uh, against okay. Hatterborn. So the road so, dogs are still holding so far. Road I mean, favorites. the road favorites are still holding. Yeah, so it's still holding. And Bayern, I was surprised to see this, are a minus money road favorite. But the thing is, Dane, and I'm trying to find the avenue here of am I driving away from something that, you know, clearly so far has worked out or, you know, am I, am I understandably kind of giving a pause right. and to kind of take us down another road that'll get us back towards yeah, answering I the trust question you. of what to pick during this game. Last week, Bayern Munich, there were eight games, was the only home team that won. Hmm. The only home team in eight games. There were two other draws, five road really? victories on the weekend. And that, to me, is staggering. Like, abs- like, that is staggering. Now, I'm sure some people on the face might jump out to you, right, and say, oh, we're regression, regression, regression. Well, hold on a second now, because we've talked all about, from match day one, how the road favorites did well. And one of the things, Dan, that I'm trying to do, one of the reasons why I've been so excited about the Bundesliga's return is trying to understand how it can then apply to when we get team sports back here right. in America. Because it's really, I, in my opinion, our best um, launching pad for a return for some of these leagues when you think about hockey and the NBA. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you is, do you think there's something to the idea that in this no crowd environment actually benefits a road team? It's possible. You know, I think we have way too short of a sample size to make any kind of definitive calls on that, you know, but that's what we do here, right, Kevin, we're looking for edges. We're looking for trends and that, that lines up with what would be a logical narrative for me, right? Because what do the fans do? They kind of snowball momentum. You know, I think about an NBA game when that home team goes on a run to kind of put them away. Part of the reason that road team has to, you know, go like this is because the crowd is going nuts, right? And so I think that accelerant to momentum is not in play. Maybe pumping in the crowd noise can do it if they do it in a strategic way. But for me, it's not necessarily that it helps the road team. Mm. It's that the help that is usually there for the home team is not, right? So on balance, maybe it helps the road team. But the road, or when you think about it, let's say these road teams, right? Let's say a road team scores the first goal, Mm. you know? Sometimes you get the crowd, you know, telling that home team to kind of stay in it, you know, keeps them in it. And now that artificial adrenaline is not there, you know. So I, it does stand to reason. I think there's certain other caveats, like maybe the road team has to kind of be better in the first place. Maybe the road team has to get out to an early start on the good foot in the first yeah. place. But it does stand to reason. And, you know, I look at Bayern as a road favorite. Right. And I mm. see another team on this slate as a road favorite. So maybe it does actually hold. What I want to ask you is that this is now the first time we're seeing this kind of condensed schedule, short rest. Yep. Right. Match day was two weekends ago, then I've, or just recently over the weekend. And now here we are again on a Tuesday for some of these teams, short rest. This is the first time they're having that quote unquote short rest since they've been, you know, at, not out of shape, but like, you know, off of their schedule for two, three months. I wonder, do you think the short rest in this first example of it happening for many of these teams, mm. is that going to have an impact? It, of course, it's definitely going to have an impact. Okay. And, you know, I, I took some time to speak to Martino, who we had on with us last. Yeah, free kick. Uh, absolutely. So, I, you know, kind of get his idea about how this can impact the game. And he was, you know, one of the things that is very obvious, even with the extra substitutions, is just how it can benefit these teams with depth. How they can continue to apply the pressure. We saw it with Bayern's game against Frankfurt, right? Where they were up, I believe it was 3 nothing. Then Frankfurt, you know, finds themselves getting two goals back. And Bayern's like, yeah, no problem. And here's five. Like, here's, 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 here's another two. We're winning by three. And, like, they just were able to keep that pressure on. It's almost a shame that this game is happening on short rest. Not because... Like, if I were to tell you that the Chiefs-Ravens game was on Thursday night football, you'd be like, oh, come on. Like, like give me a, you right, know, and we right. got it on a bunch, which is perfect, right? Um, and so it's not from that reason. It's it's a shame because it would have been very easy for us to go to the best teams, be like, ah, you got the depth. You're winning on a short week. This is perfect for you. So that's, to me, I think one of those things. Dorman's been battling some injuries. 
Mm. And Bayern is probably, you know, Bayern's one of the deepest teams in the world. So the short rest could help them because they're deep enough. If it was going to help one of these teams, Mm. it would make sense for it to help Bayern Munich. And I do believe that there's something to the idea of like, okay, could an attacker's leg be a little bit more tired? Yes, but it's the defenders who, it's those lapses in judgment, right, that are so costly. When, you know, an attacker not being able to finish out a run, okay, you know, there's no goals that come from that. But when a defender is spent and is beat or puts through a sloppy pass, Hmm. that's how you get goals. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be looking, you know, Dan, I've continued to pull through the totals, right, from – you know, just these weeks as a whole. And it would be fascinating to see what the short slate produces from a total perspective. Two and a half was five and three to the over last week. And then over three and a half was a flat four, uh, four and four. What was interesting is we did last week have a couple of games, the Bayern game included, that were minus money to the over three and a half. But both of those came in. So the overs still working uh, in the Bundesliga. And I know we're coming up against a break. Yeah. So you can maybe use that as a tease because I think there could certainly be some goals in between Bayern and... All right, fair enough. So we're going to get, when we come back, we're going to get Kevin's official play on the Dortmund-Bayern game. And then this idea of the road favorites, uh, that applies to my adopted Bundesliga team. So we'll see if uh, I should play that one when we come back. We're off and running. It's the early line here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line on SportsGrid here on a Tuesday morning. It is a Bundesliga Tuesday. You know, it's a huge matchup, Kevin. This Dortmund-Bayern game, I think, you know, both of these teams will probably qualify for Champions League next year. But we're talking about the top of the table, right? You know, this is still within reach for Dortmund. And if they go in and get a W here, get the full three points, they really close the gap. But it seems like you were talking about maybe a side is not the best way to go here because you think, you know, overs will happen, especially with tired legs potentially out there. Yeah, so uh, there's been over two and a half goals in nine of the last ten meetings between these teams. Six of those ten have taken place uh, inside the Bundesliga because they do play, whether it be cup games or they could play, you know, in some Europe competitions. But uh, over two and a half has come in nine of the ten times. Now, that is a minus, give or take, 270 price Mm. um, at the FanDuel Sportsbook. We've talked sometimes, Dane, about this disparity that exists between the two and a half and the three and a half. Three and a half is like minus, say, 105 to the unders minus 120. To okay. me, though, that minus 270 is worth the play. Again, I know, you know, for people, big juice can be difficult, and I understand that. But 9 of the 10, the way these offenses have been, um, I think that this is a really, really, really strong spot. And in terms of the side, because I don't want to take the coward's approach to this game. Um, okay. But again, I've gone, I've gone back and forth on it a lot, right, where – We've got Dortmund, who's unbeaten at home on the season. Now, that does include a couple of draws. But Bayern got them 4-0 in the first fixture. And Bayern mm-hmm. has just been on this unrivaled warpath since they made a switch at manager. They have dropped two points since that time. Only one draw, wow. no losses. It, it has been out of this world. And I think I would be foolish to go away from the road favorites trend that thus far has been beneficial Bayern Munich at a minus 125 give yeah. or so price like you don't see that very often and I Isn't do though like at Dortmund like literally the most challenging thing possibly for them in Bundesliga 100% and I'm glad you said that because this is kind of the thing I wanted to even pull this back once the again. yellow wall I guess that won't happen with no fans it, but that's go the ahead. thing it doesn't exist right. and what I'm almost wondering is if in every single one of these matches Dane because, you know, there's a lot like there's a lot of like some of the, the best gamblers in the business. Right. So I tell you, I don't bet games. I bet numbers. Right? right. And I almost wonder if in every game the roadside is actually more advantageous because these are much more. These are a lot closer to neutral site games as right. opposed to these home road games. Right. Really? So the baked in like home field advantage, if it's three points in the NFL yeah. or whatever it is, might that create an 
an overlay in essence. Yeah, exactly. I think I think there there's something to be said, right, about unless you have outrageous travel, there are benefits to going on the road. Like you you mentioned, right? You played college sports up until your yeah. college, right? Um, college sports up until college, obviously. Um, but right, like, like when you were traveling on the road, right? If it wasn't yeah. too far, you're on the bus, you're locked in, the headset's yeah. on, you're ready to go. Sometimes at home. A little more lax, a little more fun. Now, that's right. not to say that Dortmund is going to be messing around with Bayern Munich coming into town in a game that their director literally said this has, like, this will pretty much decide the yeah, title. The implications, yeah. Like, it has those type of implications, but it absolutely does. I just, I think right now we're seeing there's something to the roadside. Bayern has a minus 125 favorite as opposed to the, I mean, the last time they were on the road, it was 550, right? When they were at home, it was right. 750. We're dropping crazy. I understand Dortmund's great. I think Bayern is worth the play. Could I ever interest you in the plus 320 draw in this match? Yes. Plus I 320, mean, Kevin. Of course. Like, no, how I mean, does this, you know, it's very viable that this goes 1-1. Here's, a, here's, I mean, listen, if you want to go another way, right, is Dortmund or a draw, I mm-hmm. believe on a double chance bet at FanDuel Sportsbook is like minus 110. Okay. And, you're pretty Double much right chance, there. Yeah. You're so back in a team and draw minus one fifteen. Hey, my, I mean, you're back in a team that the is home team that's the second best in Germany at home. Thirteen times they played at home, haven't have not been beaten once. You're getting at a minus one fifteen price, like that's not bad. That you okay. can like. So I think I look. This is the thing for me. Like when I've seen these road favorites since, yeah. like. I'm like, okay, no problem. We'll hit, right. we'll hit the other one, like, no problem. Um, but this has been one that's given me a lot of pause. I have to lean towards Bayern, and I think even a parlay of Bayern and that over two and a half, because ah. maybe then you can grab yourself a little bit of plus money, is worth the play. Yeah, I might get cute on it and bet that 320 draw. We'll <laughs> see. Listen, you're talking about the road favorites, right? Yes. And there is another situation. Put up the frenetic spelling, guys. My squad, Borussia Magengladbach, is one of these uh, away favorites, right? They will be going to Werder Bremen, and it looks like they are at this choice, at this spot check of it, minus 135 favorites to go in and win. Are you going to ride that trend there with my boys in Gladbach? Yeah, Dortmund-Bayern is the game I'm most excited to watch. This is the one I'm most excited to bet. Gladbach here, again, at this minus-130 price. is wildly lost with Leverkusen, right? And that's the thing. So, for me, these top five teams in this league are so damn good right. that when – they have when they're going up against anybody else, it's good. But remember how Leipzig dropped that those points at home to Freiburg, and they go yeah. to Mainz and they beat him five nil on the road. Like no mm-hmm. problem. Timo Werner was out there looking like he was just doing whatever he wanted. Well, Gladbach's coming off that massive loss to Leverkusen, so right. here they are now playing a team in Werder Bremen that they're just better than, and that they should Warder be Bremen's able to. Kind beat of on up. the bottom half of the table, correct? Yeah, I mean, look, they're 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 not they're not on the same level of Gladbach. Okay. And Gladbach still wants to get themselves into one of those Champions League spots. They need to respond after that loss to Leverkusen. So I absolutely love them uh, in this spot. Uh, And I also would say that the over uh, is worth the play here. Gladbach's first two games since we've come back have gone over. uh, And so did the previous meeting earlier in the year between Porter Bremen uh, and Gladbach. So the the over three and a half, uh, if you want, plus money. It's gone again. You know, we've seen a lot of goals in these Gladbach games, but Minus 130, minus 135, whatever it may be for this team yeah. to win. All, All right, about. fair enough. I'm going to be laying on, of course, Gladbach, my adopted squad here in the Bundesliga. <laughs> Especially, but listen, we've been talking about these trends, right? And that's yeah. what we do out here on sports. We're trying to give you the edge. One of the edge our guy Kevin Walsh has talked about is the idea of the road favorites kind of mm. have been coming in whether it's because there's no fans in the stands or whatever the case may be, maybe this is what just makes actually talent win out, right? Mm. And so I wonder then, Kev, you know, when we're in the NBA playoffs, you know, like when we have no fans, is this something we're going to be able to apply, you know, whether it's to the MLS round-robin tournament that we've been hearing about, the NHL 2014 tournament we've been hearing about. So, yeah, we're looking for leanings off of the blueprint, right, off of the tea leaves we can read. And I want to find out if there's any more in Germany and Bundesliga for this slate. Kevin, we've talked about two of the games, right, Mm -hmm. with kind of the heavy hitters 
involved. Yeah. There's two other games on this slate. One of them involves a team you just mentioned, Leverkusen. And Leverkusen, I believe, is at home. They're laying right now. It's like minus 140. They're coming off this big win against Gladbach. But they have an interesting matchup against Wolfsburg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, look, Leverkusen's looked incredible yeah. since coming back. Like, they have looked so, so, so good. Yeah. And uh, I look, uh, you know, so I look through the table, right? And I see that this is five versus six. So mm -hmm. you go, oh, all right, close game here. Close game here. Should be good. 13 right. points separate, separate these teams. A 16-goal differential in favor of Leverkusen separate these teams. The gap between five and six is a very very big one. And I believe that that 90th minute winner that Wolfsburg was able to grab against Asperger, you can't take it away from him. That's a great goal. But I do believe it has really kind of boosted them up a bit. They went, you know, they're home, they're hosting Dortmund, couldn't score. Again, Leverkusen has looked incredible. Like for them to be minus 140 at home, yeah. again, like for me, it's a no problem. I know people could be like, oh, a little bit of chalk here, but Look, it's the right side. It's the right side to be on. Leverkusen should be winning this game. And, uh, it's again, it's another one that I definitely, definitely am excited to play. All right, so it sounds like so far you like Leverkusen, you like Gladbach. In the Dortmund-Bayern game, you're looking at uh, goals, potentially, to be scored. I might play the draw on that. There is a fourth fixture happening later today, this afternoon, 2.30 Eastern time here in mm. this country. It's a night game out there in Germany. Um... You know, Freeburg and Frankfurt, who you like? Yeah. So this is, this is, it's funny, right? How this happens, right? But Frankfurt, Freeburg, it's like, all right, let's just pass through. This is the one that I sat there like the longest on. Okay. Because it's a, it's a fascinating game to me. So Frankfurt has drawn two of the top teams in their first two games back, right? Mm. And these games have soared over the number, but in large part to the fact that I think they've given up nine or eight or nine goals since they've come back in the two games combined. And on the other side is Freeburg, right? Where they got that one, one draw against, um, you know, against our guys, Leipzig. Yeah. And then they were hosting, I believe it was the aforementioned water Bremen and lost one nil at home. So like, this is one team that's played over three and a half comfortably in their first two games back. Freeburg's been on the other side. But then I decided, you know, let me see if I can pull from other sports here. And I don't know how much of a college football better you are, Dane, or college basketball better, right? I dabble. But you know how when you have that unranked home team? Yeah. That's playing the ranked team? Always. And, love it. I love it. If I see parentheses next to a team and they're going on the road to a quality opponent, especially like in conference, oh, yeah, I'm looking for that. Right. So we have seventh slotted right now in the table yeah. freeburg traveling to 14th slot in frankfurt and it's like flat money for frankfurt and i'm just like again like see i wanted to go with the, with the bigger dog freeburg like this should be a low scoring affair and i'm like ah you know what though frankfurt's kind of been knocking on the door they've been able to find goals uh, again against bayern munich and i believe the first one was gladback like they've been able to find the the net and it's been a real struggle to score for Freeburg. I'm I'm basically going to treat this one like a tightly contested, you know, big, big road game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Got you. Yeah. Okay, so so this is like what uh, Xavier on the road to Creighton or yes. Creighton on the road to Xavier, and how it's going to be like a little bit closer. Interesting. All right. So and and here's what we're talking about. So wait, let me get this straight. So the play then is Freeburg. Frankfurt, I believe in like oh. even money. I believe yeah, last hundred. Yep, yeah. it's a hundred. Yeah. All right, so let's lock this in, okay? Because I don't know if this is a full-on match day in Bundesliga, but we had four games on the slate. So in Dortmund, Bayern, Kevin likes offense, goals to be scored. Chicks dig the long ball, sort of. <laughs> um, we like Frankfurt over Freiburg at plus one hundred. We like Gladbach to get it done as a road favorite. And then we like Leverkusen at home. You know, Gladbach and Leverkusen in that minus 135, minus 140 range. That's kind of the uh, grounds that we like to play in. We'll come back and talk about it later on in the week and see if, you know, Kevin is helping us get a little bit of cash out there in Bundesliga. When we come back, 
a change to a ceremony we talked about previously. I'll tell you the details when we come back. It's the early line right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line here on SportsGrid. Dane and Kevin, we just gave you all the ways to make a little bit of cash in Bundesliga coming up later on today. You know, Kevin, here's a story I thought was interesting. Remember, uh, I guess it was late last week over the weekend when I mentioned that the Washington Nationals were going to have kind of a virtual ring ceremony. It's one of the ripple effects of things not being able to happen on schedule or with fans in the building gathering. You know, the World Series champion gets their rings, usually kind of like on opening day as part of a ceremony. They drop the banner, that sort of thing. And they were going to have a virtual ring ceremony over the weekend. Uh, they nixed that. You know, the players kind of thought they'd rather kick the can down the road and do it ultimately when they are together so they can kind of celebrate this in person I kind of agree with the decision. What do you think? Would you rather actually see your teammates do it together when you can, uh, you know, kind of see everybody, celebrate, remember what went mm-hmm. down when you won the championship? Yeah, I think you have to. I understand that, like, we're in a time where, you know, Zoom calls are, are right. right, they're all the rage. Everybody's on Zoom, and, and I get it. You know, I do... You know, I, t- I told you before, I do some trivia Zoom uh, yeah. with my buddies. I got a Zoom um, poker night happening later on this week. That'll be an interesting Yeah, thing. buddy. Do, do report back how that uh, how that all plays out. I will. Um, the thing is, right, like, there's a lot of things that are going on, right, that you'll kind of always remember. You'll be like, man, remember how we did this? Yeah. Remember how we did that? And sure, like, that's good. But, like, your, like, World Series ring ceremony, you're going to remember always no matter the circumstances, try and do it where you're actually like next to the, to the, you know, to the guys that you battled with. That's my take on it. Like I don't, I would, that is something I'd never rush. There's no expiration date on that. You are always the world series champions from 2019, always forever. And when you guys have that ring ceremony, honestly, if they were like, look, we're not doing this until there's fans in the building. I don't care. They're prerogative. Like, honestly, like, and if you want to, like, have a day where you do it to where, because, you know, who knows where guys could be. Like, Anthony Rendon's off the team, right? Like, so there's obviously guys you got to pull back. Like, if you wanted to say, listen, we're going to have a special day before the season opens. We're going to bring some fans in. It's just first come, first serve, get in the building. We're going to do a big ring ceremony then. I know it's 2021, but this meant a lot to us and to the people here. And good. Do it that way. Like, so, yeah, no, don't rush the Zoom call thing. All right, fair enough. And it seems like you're very uh, positive on all of this and optimistic about what the Nationals are doing. I, I want to give you one other detail and see if you change. And also, you know, Kevin, we've discussed this. You're a little bit younger than I, and you do not have children. Am I correct on this one? Oh, I, I do not. No, you I do not. not have a couple, couple of steps need to happen before that. But if you're not a parent, maybe... You won't have the same visceral reaction as those who are. Um, do you? I, I remember, I'm reminded of like World Series winning teams and kind of like, you know, for example, in 2002, the Angels had the Rally Monkey. Remember, they, you know, and everybody has their own little team thing. Do you know what that was for the Washington Nationals of 2019? Is it the Baby Shark thing? Yes. So if you remember when they were having rallies or for certain players, right, maybe even Rendon himself, it was Baby Shark. Yes, do-do-do-do-do-do. We know I will not traumatize any parents that are listening bright and early because, you know, kids (laughs) run to that joint, okay? Um, But, Kevin, they're putting Baby Shark on their World Series championship ring, okay? You know, instead of having, like, the name or, like, you know, uh, Nationals 2019, on part of it, they are going to have the baby shark literally engraved on the ring. You see it here now. You still love what they're doing? Or is it, you know, because 20 years from now, like you said, they'll always remember themselves as champions. 20 years from now, baby shark is probably... (laughs) gonna be a thing in the past or maybe it has staying power like nobody's business what do you think about that literally putting you know the detailing of baby shark 
on the World Series ring. I'm I'm all for it. Here's really? Okay. Here's, here's why. If I and that's why, but hold on. Remember, you are not a parent just yet. But okay, go ahead. But here's what I would say to those parents listening. Ah, oh, you damn millennial. Hear me <laughs> out. Hear me out, old people. Instead of playing that song through like the actual music video, which anybody can acknowledge is nauseating. Right. Just listen to the Washington Nationals fans do it, and tell me you don't stupidly get chills for no reason. As the whole crowd is doing this, like, the whole thing is great. Like, there's something, this is the thing, man. Like, that's, when you're in a crowd and everybody, like, that's why concerts are, like, incredible. And everybody's doing the same thing. The Red Sox didn't do, like, the notes to Sweet Caroline when they won their World Series. Yeah, but that's because it's been a thing forever. Like, this Baby Shark (laughs) thing defined the season. And that's why they're doing it. Like, there's just... There's little things like that, though, that, again, like we talked about a little bit in our opening segment, like that makes crowds so special. And like that baby shark thing does not go on the ring if it was just like a locker room thing. But the whole crowd doing it every game just as loud. And, like it was that whole crowd's like favorite yeah. thing. It, it, they will remember the season through that. And I'm telling you right now, after the early line, don't put us on pause right now. Just keep it right here. But, you know. After, after, okay, you find a little bit of time, you give it, you give it a YouTube, all right, and just watch that crowd, watch that whole stadium sing Baby Shark, and tell me you're not like, oh, okay, I get it, me too. All right, well, fair enough, but if you out there watching and listening at home don't agree with Kevin, hit him up on Twitter, let <laughs> him know, okay, let us know, let us know at SportsGrid if you feel like, you know, putting a little bit of detailing of Baby Shark makes sense on the commemorative World Series ring that they will have, likely, forever. I also wanted to bounce this off of you, Kevin, you know, um, you're a millennial, right, I am not, um, I'm, I just missed the cut, kind of, of being a millennial, so I wanted to ask you, you know, we've been talking about how college athletes how they go ahead and, um, you know, the decision came down, they can make money off their name, image, and likeness, and how that's a big deal now for college athletes. I saw a piece in 538. You yeah. know, when I think about name, image, and likeness, oh, maybe putting their likeness in a video game, right, or selling their jerseys or T-shirts, stuff like that. But I didn't think about it, Kevin, in the world of social media, where we now have social media influencers left and right, where you have, like, Kylie Jenner, or whatever her name is, getting paid, like, 10K for every... Don't act like you don't know what her name is. But is it Kylie? Is it Kylie? There's two of them. There's Kylie and Kendall. Well, there you go. I thought I was going to get them confused, you know? But whatever. So there you go. Where you can literally get, like, 10K, 20K, whatever, for social media posts. Oh, yeah. And it's coming out now. I saw a very interesting piece on 538 about... You know, top-end college athletes who now can get paid can kind of be out there, right? Mm-hmm. And I think this is very, very interesting. Let's put the chart up on the screen. Some of kind of the college athletes with humongous social media followings, okay, and even some with small, what they uh, could get for a post. Like Trevor Lawrence, for example. He's got over half a million followers on all his pr- platforms, okay? And uh, they are kind of figuring it out over there at 538 they talk to a big social media consultant what have you that Mm -hmm. he can get almost like eleven thousand dollars for every social media post if he like contracted with the right advertisers and whatever what he is now allowed to do this blows the doors off kevin i wasn't thinking about social media posting we talk about guys like trevor lawrence justin fields sure but even Mm -hmm. that you know guys who for example have only say around ten thousand followers you're still getting about 250 a post if you're a college kid, that's good money. That's good money. Me? Yeah, yeah. I post for someone four times a week and catch a nice cool $1,000, $50,000 a year for a 19-year-old. That's good stuff. Is this, I, I want to ask you as, you know, the millennial in the building here, is this on the horizon? Yes, it should be. It should have always been. Listen, the, the countless times that I've talked about how college athletes should be making money and then people deciding to argue in bad faith about, well, then what do I pay the catcher on the softball team? Right. No, they should be able to benefit off of their own likeness and you are seeing the ability that that can have. Like, look at these these numbers, right? And they have you almost falling out of your chair. Imagine what Zion's would have looked like. Yeah, I mean, Zion was legitimately famous at Duke. I guess the question is, did he already have? Because what I'm looking at, it, yes. it seems to be driven by your number of followers, right? Yeah. And at the top of the food chain right now, Trevor Lawrence has, you know, 500, almost 600,000 followers, yeah. right? I would imagine Zion had that as well. I wonder what John Morant has, you know, Zion that sort of over, thing. 
Zion was well over a million, a million if not like ready? two million. Zion, because like I mean, like in the if like I don't know how many people watch the high school mixtapes, but like right, right. Zion had one of yeah, the most. Ready, just from, yeah. He That's was a star. Sure. He was a star, man. It's true. Let me ask it to you this way though, because here's cool. This sounds all great for the athletes, but let me ask you this: Obi Toppin is on this list. Sure. Okay, Obi Toppin has it says here about seventy thousand followers. More than I do, um, about fifteen hundred dollars a post. Okay, yeah. potentially. Obi Toppin went to Dayton. Yeah. What would his following look like if he went to Kentucky? And if he went to Kentucky, right now, instead of fifteen hundred a post, what if he was at an area where he's getting three grand a post, right? So I wonder how might this affect the high-end blue-chip recruit. And where they choose a school. Think about these football recruits, right? You know, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, a lot of these guys are transfers, right? Now, if I've got Bama calling and if I've got Toledo calling, is it? are we going to get to a place, Kev, where, where they decide to go to school is driven by the potential exposure they can get, not only for making it to the pros, but for boosting up your social media following because that's real money while you're in college, the difference of... $300 a post and $3,000 a post could be driven by if you go to a big time school to raise your social media following. Yeah, but that's, I mean, that's kind of part of the game. Now, like Obi Toppin is in a very specific situation. Like Obi Toppin it was a sophomore. Like, could I, I don't know if Obi Toppin had an offer from Kentucky, right? But you know what I mean? Will it be in the minds of these high end sure. recruits? It, it, might, it might just be. have to get exposure on social media also. Yeah, you, I mean, like, that's the thing, though. It's about elevating the brand. And here is where, though, this is a good thing for college basketball. Because now, if I'm an athlete deciding the financial difference right. between an offer from the, the G, G League, League or raising my profile at Duke, now you actually can sell me on this idea of, like, oh, but Duke does all this for your brand. Let's see the monetary value. Let's actually find it out. And this is the thing. Duke's not paying for this. So it actually now can satisfy all parties involved. Like it should only be see be seen as a benefit. And and that's and that's exactly how I view it. Look, could you argue potentially, Dane, that all of the best talents are going to all the best schools? Is that not where we already are? Is that not where we already are? Yes. Yes, we are. And you're right. I just think like, does this does this warp the narrative a little bit, right? You know, like when we talk about, hey, Odell Beckham is getting paid more money from Adidas than he is from the New York football giants at one point. What about these kids? Like, hey, they care more about their social media than what their head coach at Vanderbilt is saying because, you know, that's getting them money. I just wonder. It's a very slippery slope, but very, very interesting. So the next time your kid starts saying, nah, 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 they need to get these likes, they need to get these followers, it could turn out to be a very profitable angle for them. That about do it for hour number one. When we come back, hour number two, our spotlight turns to the Tampa Bay Bucks, both in the football sense and in the golf sense, too. <laughs> hour number two of the early line. Come on right back after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 